Nothing can separate Even if I ran away Your love never fails I know I still make mistakes But you have new mercies for me every day Your love never fails the same you stay the same through the ages your love never changes there may be pain in the night but joy comes in the morning and when the oceans rage I don't have to be afraid because I know you love me your love never fails strong in the water's deep I'm not alone here in these open seas your love never fails is far too wide I never thought I'd reach the other side Your love never fails You stay the same through the ages Your love never changes There may be pain in the night but joy comes in
God, we invite your presence in here this morning. Just make yourself known, God, that we feel your presence. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. No thing can compare. You are living whole. Your presence, Lord. And I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free and my chains are undone your presence Lord Holy Spirit you are welcome come fly and feel the atmosphere your glory God is what our hearts long for to be overcome by your presence Lord your presence Nothing worth more that will ever come close. No thing can compare. You're our living home. Your presence, Lord. And I've tasted and seen. The sweetest of loves Where my heart becomes free And my shades are
Good morning. Glad to see that time change didn't affect you today, that you got up and you are here. Uh, how many of you feel like you lost about five hours worth of sleep last night? Yeah, so I'm not the only one. That's good. So, all right, so we're going to have to keep each other awake as we go through uh, this time together. Just a, a quick announcement for you. We have uh, some youth that will be leaving today for uh, Dallas for Six Flags, our ninth and our tenth graders. So, be praying for them this week. Uh, more than that, be praying for the sponsors that are taking them this week. And uh, we know that they're going to have a great time, but pray that everything is safe for them and they just have a great time of fellowship and also uh, a great time of Bible study together and, and just seeking what God has for them this week. But while they're gone, we still have youth tonight, so uh, any of the students that aren't going on that trip, uh, we will meet tonight at 6 o'clock. We're looking forward to that. Glad you're here today. If you're visiting with us, we're certainly glad that you're here. And uh, there is a visitor's card or a communication card in the seat back in front of you. If you wouldn't mind, fill that out and drop it in one of the wooden boxes on your way out this morning. We would greatly appreciate that. Well, if you have your Bibles today, please turn to Daniel uh, chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10. We've been in a study over the last uh, three weeks looking at the life of Daniel, a character study of Daniel. And today we're going to conclude that series of looking at Daniel chapter 10. And I hope that this series has been a, a blessing to you as we have noticed how Daniel was able to stand. And not just stand, but he stood boldly and courageously in a foreign land that he was placed in. And he was able to do that for several different reasons. And today we're going uh, to look at those reasons, how he was able to stand in a foreign land. Today we're going to be looking at remember your source. When in Babylon, remember your source. There's a story of a woman many years ago who uh, decided that she would like to have electricity at her house. So she got a hold of the electric company and they came and they brought the power to her house and they tied it all in and they thought everything was working great and they 
began to notice that on her electric bill that she was not using any electricity really at all. So they thought, well, there must be a problem. So they sent somebody out to check on the problem, and they went out to the house. They knocked on the lady's door and said, we're here with the power company, and we brought power to your house, but we noticed that you're not using any electricity. Is there a problem? And she said, oh, no, there's not a problem at all. She said, I love the electricity that I have. She said, I turn a light on every night so that I can fill my lamps with oil and light them so I can see in the dark, and then I turn the light back off. Now, what was the problem there? She didn't realize, she didn't understand the power that she really had. She didn't need those lamps anymore. She had power in her house, but she didn't get what was really available for her. Well, in this study over the last several weeks, we've seen that Daniel has a power in his life or a strength in his life that keeps him going, that allows him to be able to stand firm and to stand strong when he needed to stand. He understood the power that was available to him. And I have a question for us today, and that is, do we understand the power that is available to us through Jesus Christ in our life each and every day? I want to remind you this morning that we are in a spiritual battle in our world today. We are in a battle that's all around us. We can see it every day. And I want you to understand this battle is not a battle between Republicans and Democrats. It's not a battle that's between socialism and capitalism. It's not a a battle that's uh, between open borders or closed borders. It's not a battle that's even about race in any way whatsoever. It is a battle that is for the souls of men and women in our world today. And this battle is nothing new. This is a battle that has been going on for ever since the beginning. Go all the way back to the book of Genesis. And we see this battle begins in the Garden of Eden. And as we read through the Bible, we see that this battle is going to continue on all the way through the end of Revelation until Jesus Christ comes again. And we need to be reminded of what is really happening in our world around us. And the same that is true for us today was true in Daniel's life. It was a spiritual battle that was going on, a battle for the souls of men and women. And because of this battle that was going on, he needed to know his source. And we need to know who our source is today. He knew the source in his life. Who was the source that was in his life? The source that Daniel had was the one true and living God. It was not the many gods that had been created in that time. It was not the many gods that different people worshipped in that time. His source was the one and true living God, the God of the Bible, the God that we say that we believe in, the God that we say that we place our trust in and our hope in. That was the same God that Daniel had in his life. Daniel did not live on his own strength. Daniel did not live on his own wisdom. Daniel did not live on his own abilities. He lived on the strength, the wisdom, and the abilities that came from God to Daniel. The question for us is, do we live in our own strength today? Do we try to live our life in our own wisdom today? Do we try to live our life with our own abilities today? If we do, we will find out that we will come up short every time. Every time I try to do life on my own. 
Every time I try to go through life, living life with my own strength, my own wisdom, my own abilities, especially the wisdom part, I really blow it, right? Anybody else with me? You, you do the same thing? You understand what I'm saying that we need a better source than just ourselves, We need a better source than anything in this world can offer. And Daniel was the same way. And Daniel knew who his source was. Daniel didn't just know who his source was, but his life was committed to that source. His life was committed to living for God. Not just on Sundays. Not just on days that he gathered together with other believers. But his life was committed to God to live for him each and every day, even if he had to live that life alone. He was that committed to God, that committed to the source. How about you? How about me? Are we that committed to the source of our life today? Because Daniel knew this source personally, and he knew how to tap in to the source. And that's what we're going to look at today. How did Daniel tap in to the source that he had in his life? How did Daniel keep that relationship with God and tap in to the power that was available to him in his life to stand through God? Well, we're going to look at Daniel chapter 10, and we're going to begin in verse 1 and read down through verses 14 today. Notice what God's Word says. It says, In the third year of King Cyrus of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel who was named Belshazzar, the message was true and was about a great conflict. He understood the message and he had an understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three full weeks. I didn't need any rich food. No meat or wine entered my mouth. And I didn't put any oil on my body until the three weeks were over. On the 24th day of the first month, I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris. I looked up and there was a man dressed in linen with a belt of gold from Upaz around his waist. His body was like beryl, his face like the brilliance of lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and feet like the gleam of polished bronze, and the sound of his words like the sound of a multitude." Only I, Daniel, saw the vision. The men who were with me did not see it, but a great terror fell on them, and they ran and hid. I was left alone, looking at this great vision. No strength was left in me. My face grew deathly pale, and I was powerless. I heard the words he said, and when I heard them, I fell into a deep sleep with my face to the ground. Suddenly a hand touched me and set me shaking on my hands and knees. He said to me, Daniel, you are a man treasured by God. Understand the words that I am saying to you. Stand on your feet, for I have now been sent to you. After he said this to me, I stood trembling. Don't be afraid, Daniel, he said to me. For from the first day that you purposed to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your prayers were heard. I have come because of your prayers, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia opposed me for 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me after I had been left there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to help you understand what will happen to your people in the last days, for the vision refers to those days." 
Now, as we think about this passage today, there's, there's a lot of stuff in this passage that we're not going to dive into today. We need to take about a month to really study through this. But there's some things that I want you to notice as we think about Daniel and the source in his life and knowing how to tap in to the source of his life. And the first thing I want you to see is this, that Daniel, as he was tapping into the source, sought the Lord. Daniel sought the Lord. I want you to go back to verses 2 and 3. And he says, in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three full weeks. I didn't eat any rich food. No meat or wine entered my mouth. And I didn't put any oil on my body until the three weeks were over. And on the 24th day of the first month, I was standing on the brink of, of the great river, the Tigris. So Daniel is standing before God after Three weeks of fasting and praying. Daniel was spending this time seeking the Lord. Now he says that I was in mourning. He was in a time of mourning. Daniel was mourning for three weeks. Now this mourning is not the mourning of one who has lost a loved one or a friend. And it is not the mourning that we see in chapter 9 of Daniel where he is praying and fasting for God to forgive the people of their sins. This is a praying and a fasting to God to receive a revelation from God. It is a morning where he, he's wanting to hear from God. He wants to know what God is trying to tell him. He wants to know what the message is from God. And so he's willing to put everything else aside and focus completely on God through a time of prayer, a time of fasting, a time of seeking God. He says, I didn't eat any of the good stuff. I didn't take any of the meat. I didn't drink any of the wine. Basically, he was living on bread and water alone during this time, crying out to God, saying, God, I want to hear from you. God, I want to know what the message is. What are you trying to say to me today? Have you ever had a time in your life where you've wanted to hear from God so bad? that you would do anything just to hear his voice. A time where you, maybe you were struggling in your life, maybe a time you didn't understand the circumstances that were going on around you. Maybe a, a season in your life where things weren't going the way that you thought that they should and you just needed to hear a word from God in your life. Maybe that's where you're at today. Maybe you're at that season in your life where it's just, God, I want to hear your voice. God, I want to know what it is that you're trying to say. God, what is it that you're trying to show me? What is it that I need to see? That's where Daniel was. He's like, God, I want to know. God, I want to hear what you have to tell me. And so he had this season of fasting and praying and just seeking God. But this wasn't the only time in his life that, that Daniel was seeking God. I believe as we have studied the life of Daniel over the past several weeks, it is obvious that a, Daniel was a man who sought the Lord in his life. We noticed in week one as Daniel was sought out by the king to be one that was brought up as a leader in the kingdom, one that would be trained in all the ways of the kingdom, uh, one that would stand out above the others. We saw that Daniel stood up and he said that he would not defile himself. He would not go against what his God would have him to do, no matter what the king wanted in his life. How did Daniel come to that point? And by the way, this was at an early age in Daniel's life, at around the age of 14 or 15 years old, to be able to stand up before a king and say, King, I will not defile myself. I will not go against what my God would have. Would you have been willing to do that at such a young age? I, 
I know that I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have been that bold and that courageous in my life. But how was Daniel able to do that? Because it was obvious in his life that Daniel was a young man that was seeking God with all of his heart. He was a young man who wanted to know God's plan and wanted God's best for his life. I believe many times in our lives that we miss God's power and God's strength because we're too busy seeking other things besides seeking God first in our life. We're too busy seeking the things of this world, seeking the pleasures of this world, rather than seeking God first in our life. Listen, if you want to experience God's best in your life, you want to experience God's power in your life, you want to be able to stand bold and courageously in your life, then you must seek God first in your life. Seek God above everything else. Somehow we think that other things are going to satisfy only to find out that the things of this world will never satisfy. We find something that will satisfy for a short time. And we say, oh, that's good. But then that goes away. And then we look for something else to satisfy. And we'll find something for a short time. And then that goes away. And then we look for something else that will satisfy. And then that goes away. And we look for something else and the cycle continues on and on and on until we finally realize that it is only Jesus Christ that satisfies and seeking him first. Seeking him above everything else. What is it that we put in our lives before God? Jesus talked about this in Matthew 6 when he says, do you worry about what you're going to eat and what you're going to wear? Why do you worry about these things? Why do you worry about what's going to happen today or tomorrow? Why do you focus on those things? And in Matthew 6, 33, he says, If you will seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things will be provided for you. What are the things that God will provide for us if we seek him first? He will provide the promises that he has for us. He will provide the best that he has for us. And we will begin to understand by seeking him first that what he has to offer is so much greater than anything else this world could ever provide for us. As we have seen in the life of Daniel's that he sought God first in his life. And as he did, God took care of everything that Daniel needed while living in a foreign land. So when in Babylon, remember your source by seeking God first. And by the way, remember this, that as you seek God, God is not far away. Have you figured that out in your life? God is not far away. God is close by. God wants us to know him. God wants us to know his presence in our life. God wants us to have a close relationship with him. And that's why in Matthew 7, 7, it says, if you seek, you will what? Find. He is there. He is close. He is ready. God wants to reveal himself to us. But this will not happen if you're not seeking him first. I think sometimes we get a little bit confused and we think, well, well, God, everything else seems to be falling in place, but why, why don't I know your presence in my life? And A lot of times it's because we're seeking all these other things first. And we're missing him because of what we're putting before him. Daniel was a man who sought God. Daniel knew that his source of strength and wisdom and courage was not found in anything this world had to offer. But it was found through his relationship with the Lord. And Daniel knew how to tap into that source. 
He tapped into that source by seeking God first, but secondly, he tapped into that source by making prayer a priority in his life. And that's what we see happening in this passage, that Daniel is praying. Daniel is fasting and praying, seeking God. Daniel was faithful in seeking the Lord in his prayer life. Do you realize that when you take time to pray, that you're taking time to spend with the very author and the very creator of all things? Do you realize that when you take time to pray, that the one who is the author and creator of all things invites us into his very presence and we get to spend time with the Lord of all the universe, the God that is above all gods, the God that is bigger than everything that is ever out there, the one who knows us better than anyone else knows us, the one who even is concerned about every area of our life all the way down to the numbers of hair on our head. Now, for some of us, that's easier for him to figure out than others. But he is that concerned about us, the God that created all things. This is so amazing to me. You you ever walk out at night and just stare up into the sky and look at the universe that's out there? Look at all the things that God has created. It's so amazing. And to think that that God that created all of that, that put all these things together, is the very God who created us and loves us and the very God that wants to spend time with us in prayer. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that this God out there wants to have that kind of relationship with us and to communicate with us in prayer? If you, if you believe that, raise your hand. If you don't believe it, we'll meet afterwards, all right? That's the God that we serve. That's the God that Daniel served. And if we believe that today, then I have a couple questions, and i got to be honest, I've asked myself these questions throughout this week as I was preparing for this and running through this in my mind. And i got to admit, I don't like some of the answers. Okay, I'm just being honest. I don't like some of the answers with me, but here's the questions. If we believe that our God wants to spend time with us in prayer, why do we take prayer so lightly? And why do we pray so little? If we have a God that truly cares about us, that truly knows us more than we know ourselves, that knows our circumstances better than we could ever know our circumstances, that has the answers to every question we could ever bring to him, why do we take that so lightly and why do we spend so little time in prayer? Now, I don't know about you, but when I ask myself that question, several things that come to my mind, one is pride. Pride says, I got this. You know, I don't want to bother God with this in my life. I've got this. I'm in control. Um, I can handle this. This really isn't that big of a deal. Complacency. Things are going well in my life, and and everything is smooth, and I, I don't know that I need to spend time praying right now. I'm, not, I'm going to stop there because my list keeps going and going and going. What about your list? We say we believe it, but do we really believe it? Does our life show that we believe it? Well, in the life of Daniel, we see that prayer was an important part of his life. We see this all throughout the book of Daniel. In chapter 2, when Daniel was asked to interpret the dream of the king, he goes to his friends Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and he says, hey, The king wants us to interpret this dream. We need to spend time 
praying to God. We need to ask God to give us the answer to the dream. He knew the importance of prayer. He knew that God knew what the dream meant. He knew that God would give him the word to say to the king, and he went and prayed. We see this in chapter 6 when the Bible says that it was the custom of Daniel to pray three times a day. Now, don't get that in your mind that it was right before three meals of the day because a lot of us, that's the only time we spend praying. This was three times a day that Daniel would go to his room and he would open up the windows towards Jerusalem and he would get down on his knees before God and he would spend time in prayer with God three times a day. And then in chapter 9, we see Daniel. Daniel's in a season of his life where God is showing him visions of things that are to come. And he recognizes through those visions that God is showing him how bad the people have sinned against God. And Daniel begins to pray during that time, praying that God will forgive the sins of the people. Daniel spent time in prayer. And then we see in this passage that we're looking at today that Daniel, for three weeks, 21 days, spent time fasting and praying to God for an answer of what God was trying to show him. How's your prayer life? How well are we doing when we compare our prayer life to Daniel? Daniel made prayer a priority in his life. Prayer was very important in the life of Daniel, and he knew that his source of strength would come through those prayers. Daniel prayed in several different occasions, several different times. Daniel prayed when he was burdened. Again, that's what we see in this passage. Daniel is burdened, and so he goes into a semi-fast. Daniel was burdened over this vision. He saw a great war that was going to happen. And in the vision concerning these last days, he mentions a time of being in great distress, a time like no one has ever seen before. If you read the book of Revelation, you will see this terrible time that, that Daniel was seeing in the vision. The book of Revelation that talks about the end after the church is raptured out and the seven-year tribulation begins on the earth. And the Bible says that it's a time like no one has ever seen before. As a matter of fact, the time was so bad or will be so bad that if God did not cut it short, that everyone would die. Everyone would be destroyed. That is how bad of a time that is going to be in the seven-year tribulation. Now let me remind you today that that time is still to come. That time that we read in the book of Revelation is coming, and it may be coming very soon. The reality is that there may be people that we know, friends that we have, family members that we have, that if they don't know Christ as their Lord and Savior, if Christ were to return today, that they would live through that seven-year tribulation period. And when we think about that and think about the people that we know that may have to go through that terrible time, it should break our hearts. It should cause us to go into a time of mourning and praying for them and reaching out to them so that they can know Christ the way that we know Christ so that they would not have to go through that terrible time. And Daniel gets a vision of this, a glimpse of this. Sometimes I think in our lives that it would be good if God would give us a glimpse of some of the things that are to come. And I tell people all the time, it's good that we don't see what is going to happen because it might scare us to death. But you know, sometimes it might do us good to get scared to death. 
to help us to recognize our need for God in our life, to help us to recognize our need to prayer, to help us to recognize our need to get on our face before God and to pray like we've never prayed before. And the second reason that Daniel could have been burdened during this time is that according uh, to the timing of this vision, the Jews should have started going back to Jerusalem and began to repopulate Israel. History tells us that many of them grew so accustomed to the Persian lifestyle that they decided that they would stay in Persia. The entire book of Esther describes the Jews in Persia after they were given the right to return back to their homeland. And Daniel is so burdened because his people, the Jews, had fallen in love with the wrong world. They had fallen in love with the wrong place. They were missing out on what God had for them, the best that God had for them, because they were satisfied where they were at. And can I say today that I believe a lot of Christians have fallen in love with the wrong world. We have fallen in love with the wrong place. We have forgot what, it, what it's going to be like when we get to heaven one day. We have forgot the promises of God and what is to come. And we are satisfied right where we're at. Sometimes we forget the best that God has for us. And that would have been a time that broke Daniel's heart. See, God promised them something much better. But the people were satisfied living with the things that the world offered rather than experiencing the promises of God. Daniel also prayed when prayer was regulated. We see this back in chapter 6 of Daniel. There were some people that were jealous of Daniel. They were jealous of the position that Daniel was in. And they wanted to destroy Daniel. They wanted to, to bring Daniel down. So what did they do? They came up with a plan and they tricked the king into falling in uh, to the plan that they would, the king would set a decree that no one could pray to any other god or anyone else except for to the king for 30 days. Why did they do this? They did this because they knew how important prayer was to Daniel. And they knew that Daniel would not stop praying to his God no matter what. So the decree came out. And what did Daniel do? He went to his room and again he opened up the windows of heaven. Or the windows not of heaven. The way he did because he was praying. He, he opened up the windows to his room that overlooked Jerusalem. And he prayed just as he had done every day before. Not for a show. Not to prove anything to anybody else. Because that was what he did. And nobody was going to stop what he did every day. They weren't going to stop his prayer life. Have you noticed the battle against prayer in our world today? Have you noticed how they're trying to regulate our prayer in our world? And by the way, this has been going on for quite some time and it just continues to get worse and to get worse. Back in the 60s, 1960s, when they took prayer out of school, and it's continued on and continues on to where they're trying to regulate prayer in everything we do. Regulate prayer out of our world around us today. It is getting to the point where it is not tolerated to pray anywhere in our community outside of your private home or outside of the church. And this is going to continue on. Why? Because there is a battle that's going on around us. And the battle is for the souls of men and women each and every day that we face. And Satan is going to do everything he can to put a stop 
to that battle. He's going to do everything he can, and he knows that when we pray that there is power in prayer. There is power when we get down on our knees before God, and the enemy does not want us praying anywhere. There is something wrong in our world today when prayer is regulated, but abortion is praised. There is something wrong in our world today when prayer is regulated, but pornography is protected. There is something wrong in our world today when prayer is regulated, but standing on God's truth about homosexuality and gender changes and adultery and the like are punished. Something is wrong when the people of God who know the power of prayer stand back and are silent and allow them to take our privileges away from us and say that you can't pray unless you pray in private in your own home. There's a problem in our world today. There was a problem in Daniel's world. And Daniel said, I'm not going to let that stop me. Here's the problem that we have, though, with many of us. Prayer is not an important part of our life like it was with Daniel. If prayer was that important in our life, then we wouldn't be sitting back and saying, you can stop us from praying here or you can stop us from praying there. We would be standing up and saying, that's a part of our everyday life and there's nothing that you can do about it no matter what's going to come. It's not what praying will cost us, which is what we're usually worried about, but it's what not praying cost us that we should be worried about. I'm going to say that again because I'm not sure you got that today. Man, if we were only in church this morning. It's not what praying will cost us that matters. It's what not praying will cost us that matters. We need to take that to heart. We need to remember that when the world around us is saying, you have to be silent. You cannot pray to your God. Daniel prayed when prayer was regulated, but he also prayed when he knew that prayer was risky. Again, in chapter 6, the order was that anybody that prayed to any of these other gods or anything else, that if they did that, that they would be thrown into the lion's den. Daniel knew that when he got down on his knees that day, that it may cost him. It may cost him a night in the lion's den. Now, this was not a, a lion's den with a nice, pretty little kitty. It was a lion's den with a hungry, roaring lion that was ready to devour Daniel. And Daniel knew that, but he didn't care. He didn't care because he knew that for him to live in this life was to live as Christ, but to die as gain. Sounds like what Paul said, right? It doesn't matter what the world can do to me. It doesn't matter what they may come against me with. What matters is my relationship with God, and that's what I'm going to stand on more than anything else. Nothing else in this world matters because the worst they can do is kill me. And the moment that I'm dead, I am in the presence of God for all of eternity. Daniel's prayer. He keeps praying until an answer comes. How many times do we pray and say, well, I prayed for that situation. Now let's see what God does. Or sometimes we pray and say, God, God didn't answer immediately. So that must be a no. Well, I, I prayed. I did my duty. Daniel keeps on praying until an answer comes. He didn't just pray once and say, there it is. He kept on praying for 21 days. He prayed. And he kept praying. He was praying until God answered that prayer. 
I'm convinced that too many times in our lives we stop praying before God sends us an answer. And part of that is possibly because we've been taught that when you pray, you get an answer from God. And the answer is either yes, no, or what? Not right now. Right? How many of you have been taught that in your life? Yes, no, or not right now. Maybe it's to come. And, and that's the way we think about it when we pray. Well, I've thrown it out there, and that's it. But we see in this passage that there's a whole lot more to it. And so don't stop praying until you get an answer. For instance, what Jesus said in Matthew 7, 7 should be translated as follows. Ask and keep on asking, and it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking, and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking, and the door will be answered unto you. Don't just do it once and stop and wait to see what's going to happen. You keep praying until you get an answer. We get a glimpse of this in chapter 10, verses 10 through 14, where the angel comes and appears to Daniel. And he says that when you first prayed, I was deployed, I was sent out, I was sent with the answer to give to you. But I was slowed down. He wasn't stopped, slowed down. What slowed him down? The prince of Persia. What's the prince of Persia? The prince of Persia is the demons that came up against him to stop the answer of that prayer. I remind you again today that there is a spiritual battle that is going on around us each and every day. And that spiritual battle is for the souls of men and women all around us. Us and everyone that we know, there is a spiritual battle that's going on. I get asked a lot, do you believe in angels? Absolutely, I believe in angels. And I believe those angels are at work around us. But just as I believe in angels, I also believe in demons. I believe that when Satan was kicked out of heaven, just like the Bible says, that a third of the angels went with him. And those demons that are out there today are doing everything they can to stop the work of God. And we get just a glimpse of that. The curtain is pulled back just a little bit for us to see what is hap happening in the heavenly realm around us. As the angel is deployed to give Daniel the answer, and the prince of Persia delayed him. And delayed him for 21 days. And it continued until the angel Michael showed up to help in the battle so that this angel could go and talk to Daniel and say, Daniel, glad you kept praying. Daniel, glad you stayed on your knees because there's been a battle going on as the answer has been coming to you. God sent the answer on the first day. In verse 20, the angel says that he's going again, and he's going out to fight against the prince of Persia. That sounds like spiritual warfare to me. Spiritual warfare that is going on. And just as there was a prince of Persia in that day, a demon that was over Persia, I believe that Satan has still mobilized his armies today and that he assigns demons to certain nations and governments to try to influence them for evil. Just as there was a prince of Persia today, I am convinced that there is a prince of America today that is doing everything that he can to keep America from hearing from God, to keep America from living for God, and to destroy our country once and for all. And just as I believe that, I believe that there's a, a prince of Russia. I believe that there's a prince of China. And you can go through all the nations that there is someone or a prince out there, a demon that is out there that is doing everything to destroy. 
And in chapter 10 of Daniel, we see this spiritual warfare is real. And it's something that we should not take lightly. That's why in uh, Ephesians 6, we're told to put on the whole armor of God so that we can take our stand against the devil's schemes. Because the devil is real, his schemes are real, and our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Put on the armor of God and pray because there is a battle that's going on that we cannot see with our human eyes. I've heard many people over the last couple months especially say, man, I've been praying so hard for our country. I've been praying so hard. And it's like we're not hearing from God. It's like God's not answering that prayer. Let me tell you, keep on praying because God is at work around us. And what we can't see happening around us could be that God is sending the answer to those prayers. Keep on praying because God is at work. And a spiritual battle is happening. But this isn't just happening in the, in the heavenly realms around us. It's something that comes down into our personal life every day. That there's a battle that's going on. Sometimes that battle is just, uh, just ourself that's fighting what, what God has for us. Sometimes it is the desires and the things of this world that are getting in the way of that relationship. Keep on praying. God is at work. God wants to work in your life. And here is the reality of the life of Daniel. Satan wanted to destroy him, and he tried in many ways. But Daniel stood strong. Daniel stood courageous for the Lord. And Daniel was able to stand strong and stand courageous because, again, he knew his source. And he didn't just know him, but he had a personal relationship with that source. And let me remind you today as we think about this spiritual battle that you have an enemy as well as Daniel did that's out to destroy your life. The Bible says that he is seeking to kill, steal, and destroy. You have an enemy that wants to take you down. He wants to take your family down. He wants to destroy every area of your life. But if you stay connected to the source, then he will not win. Because the Bible also says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And that is some good news today. Greater is the one that lives in us than the one that can ever come against us in this world. Oh, we're going to face difficulties. We're going to have times of struggles. And there'll be battles around us. Stay connected to the source. Stay connected through seeking God first in everything in your life. And stay connected by having a powerful prayer life. A prayer that spends time with God Almighty. Let me ask you today. Are you connected to the source? The source that truly gives life. Let's pray together. As you bow your head and close your eyes this morning, I want you to think about that question. Think about your connection to the source. Who is our source? Our source is God. How do we stay connected through this, to the source? It's through His Son, Jesus Christ. The Bible says that no one comes to the Father except through Him. And today, that's how you get connected to the source. is through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Do you know Him today? Do you know that time when 
you recognized your need for a Savior in your life and you gave your life to Christ and He became the Lord and Savior of your life. Let God remind you of that time today and let that be an encouragement to you. But if you've never done that in your life and maybe God's speaking to you and He's drawing you unto Him today, then today I would challenge you, just open up your heart to Him and become connected to the source by giving your life to Jesus Christ. And you can do that right where you're at. Spend a moment with him. Say, God, today, today I open up my heart to you and I receive you into my life to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Father, I thank you today for the encouragement that comes through the life of Daniel as we have studied him over the last several weeks. Hopefully the courage that it gives us to also stand bold and courageous in our world today. God, I pray that you would use this word that we have studied today to speak to our hearts. God, I pray for each person that's here. God, I don't don't know what everyone is going through. I don't know the, the different struggles, the different things in each person's life. God, what I do know is you care about us and you want a relationship with us and you want us to stay connected to you. So I pray, first of all, for anyone here today that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior. God, I pray that today would be the day of salvation, that you would just speak to their hearts, you would draw them unto yourself, and today they would say yes to you. God, I pray for believers in this place that every day, God, we would seek you first above everything else, knowing that when we seek you first, that all things are given to us, that God, you you have a purpose, you have a plan for our life, and God, that by seeking you first, we will understand what that is in our life. God, I pray that we would take prayer seriously in our life. God, it wouldn't be just something we talk about, something we say that we, we understand the power of, but it would be something that we apply to our life, that our prayer life would become the same prayer life like Daniel had, and it would be powerful in our lives. Thank you for the work that you're doing around us and in us. In Christ's name I pray, amen.